0: something that's really important to me and is also kind of by nature who I am. And I think this is very similar for a lot of other creative people is I don't really overthink things before I do them. And that has definitely given me reason to um, reflect and learn lessons at my own expense. Um, But it also has made me just like keep propelling forward and not necessarily be too like, like calculated in how I take the next step.
1: Welcome back to The Very Best Self Podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown. Today, I have Madison Snyder on the podcast, you guys. She is the... CEO and founder of Fewer Finer, which is a jewelry company um, out of New York City that I am personally very obsessed with. She has so many incredible pieces, um, and it's her business is really unique in that she has a ton of custom pieces that she has designed herself, as well as vintage pieces that she sources. Um, and if you know me at all, I am um, obsessed with vintage jewelry. Um, lately, I've been kind of getting into vintage furniture like going to vintage furniture stores. I haven't bought anything vintage furniture wise just yet, but I've got my eye on some things. Like I want to start to add some vintage pieces, um, into my life. Um, but anyways, I am obsessed with jewelry. I have been for a really long time. I love like stories behind pieces that we find, um, or pieces that we buy. And I just know that, uh, from what I gather from Madison and from our conversation today, she is similarly aligned in that way. So we talk about how she built her business for refiner. We talk about, um, you know, kind of the, some of the roadblocks that she hit along the way. And beyond that, like if once again, like of course, this podcast like really is for anyone. It, if you're not trying to start a jewelry business, it's okay. Most people probably aren't, but I promise you, there is so much that you can take from this episode. Uh, we talk about living in an abundance mindset. We talk about intuition and manifestation as well. Um, so it's a good one, start to finish. Uh, you can find Madison's incredible pieces at Fewer Finer on Instagram. She is at fewer finer on Instagram. So definitely give them a follow, um, and just check out all of the pieces that she makes and she can do custom things and there's sentimental pieces and charm bracelets and just so much fantastic jewelry. Just, just go, just follow them, follow them, check them out. Um, beyond that, uh, let's get into it. Here we go. Welcome back to the very best self podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown. And today I have Madison Snyder on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. She is the founder CEO of fewer finer, which is a very delicate jewelry company. Is that what you would call it? Delicate, right? Yeah. Fine jewelry, delicate in style. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm so excited to chat with you today. I'm obsessed with jewelry. I am such like like an earscape person, like a handscape person. Like I love, I love jewelry. Um, and I think like I kind of really identify with the way that you love jewelry as well as it being such like a sentence, like sentimental pieces and like having each piece that we have, like really have a meaning. Um, so that's like a huge reason why, like I wanted to have you on today and I just like love what you, what you do. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yes. Um, so like, I mean, I'll get like questions about like my jewelry. Right. And like, I love like being like, yes, this one, my, my fiance got me. It was like my first birthday gift. He ever got me this one. I found like at a vintage, um, store in, uh, on Port, at the Portobello market in London. This is my great grandmother's wedding ring. This, I got at Majuri, which is not as sexy and cool, obviously my engagement ring. And then this one's from Majuri as well. But like, I love like telling people where I got things and the stories behind them.
0: Totally. Totally. And I think that like, for me, that's people ask me often, like, how'd you get started in jewelry or what was like your, that's the first question. So you can go, (laughs) what was kind of like your origin story for jewelry. And, um, I wasn't like the, the girl that was always playing with my mom's jewelry box growing up or something like that. But as I got a little bit older and started wearing, um, nicer materials, I was able to then have them on all the time. So not only did every piece like carry more sentimentality that I personally owned because it was just like something I always wore because it was gold and I could always have it on. Um, and also this was like kind of when I transitioned from wearing silver stuff when I was younger to being like in high school and wearing more gold. And then because gold is more expensive, like every occasion which in which I acquired a new piece became like, it was usually for celebrating something. So it was either like my graduation or the year I turned 16, or I bought this for myself after like my first summer job. And so having those like, um, you know, occasions that were associated with the jewelry made it even that much more meaningful and sentimental. And so I just kind of had like, a good uh, love of jewelry for that reason and kind of like a bit of a style of like what I like to wear and how I like to layer it. Um, and I wore a lot of jewelry, but they were all like very small pieces. So it didn't feel like it kind of had a look. It was like, very delicate. Um, and I loved that like look of my jewelry and loved jewelry, but didn't really intend to get involved in the business from as a career. I had done a lot of other things, mostly in like the creative and food world. Um, and then when I was living in New York, a few years post-college felt really inclined to start a business of my own. Like I really had that draw more than like a draw towards the jewelry industry. And I had explored a few different things that could be, um, businesses that I would have and start on the side and jewelry felt like one that like seemed kind of accessible to me because I was living in New York and I knew that the industry here is like so alive and well. Um, And I had seen like um, either online or through like no one really I knew personally, but I knew of a few other women who had started jewelry businesses. And so therefore it seemed attainable to me. So I kind of just made that decision. Like I'm going to try and start this business. And I met some people and like hit the pavement in the diamond district and kind of made my way around there. And that's how I started the business. Um, very small scale. Initially I was working full-time, um, as a photography producer, which is what I had done like the five years before. Um, and then after kind of doing both of those together, eventually decided that I wanted to like take the leap, do this full time and see what came of it. And very quickly, given that I like gave it my full effort, it was, um, easily kind of like replace what I was doing and was very much able to like sustain me full time. And when I first was taking the leap, I didn't know if I would have a few extra jobs on the side or how long it would take. But for me, it was lucky that I really learned, like when I put myself fully towards it, how much I was able to, um, you know, it was able to support me fully as well.
1: Wow. Yeah. You, you call it lucky, but (laughs) I think it's just, It's just a true testament, I think, to hard work, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, hard work and timing too. I feel like um, recreating what happened for me with my business would be hard a second time around just because of like timing. Um, And so I had left my job as a photography producer in January of 2020. And so I was like, okay, like I'm going to go off on my business on my own. And obviously like two months later, the pandemic hit and those first two months were me being like, okay, like what, how am I going to like orient my days? Like now I have it all to myself and I like have this this little business, but I want to make it a big business. And the pandemic was actually really amazing for me because I had had a year of having the business around where people started following us on social media. And like, I had kind of gotten the word out. I had done a few events. So I wasn't starting from zero, which I think at that time would have been really risky and, and wouldn't have panned out at all but I had enough traction that so many people were shopping online. So many people were buying jewelry, like f- for the industry overall, the, the fine jewelry business, like everyone did well during that time. And, um, the third kind of big thing was my first year plus in business. I just did a signature collection, which are pieces that I design and I make like here in New York's diamond dis- district. Um, But when all the businesses shut down in like March or April of 2020, and I wasn't able to produce anything, but I was getting a lot of traction and orders, I had to, I was like, I can't miss this opportunity. So I still want to sell something. So I really started selling vintage during that time. And I had not really intended to do vintage initially. It wasn't really like something I was that interested in or even knew that much about. But that was like all that I could do was buy and sell more vintage. And so that really helped my business and like helped me expand into areas I might not have expanded into. And it's just funny how timing works. So um, that was another like really good part of kind of just like when I started doing things and when I left my job and when I introduced new items and you know, like about six months after that, I had a friend that was getting engaged and she's like, you're in jewelry, you can make my engagement ring. And I never had an interest in doing bridal, never done bridal. Um, and now, you know, three years later, bridal is a really big part of our business because I like made one ring for a friend and then made another for my sister and made another for this person. So That's kind of another thing that happened.
1: Love that so much. I'm also in the market to find and create a wedding band. So maybe we need to chat. You got a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I'm kind of behind on that. Actually, Um, we are doing a courthouse wedding May 12th and then we're getting married in Italy this summer and... Uh, it's just like that thing I keep putting off. I'm like, Oh yeah, I probably need to get a band.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're like just about at like a six week mark, which is like what we'd like for a custom project. So that could work for us. We also do so many, just like, we have so many pieces in our collection and vintage pieces. Like we invite people into our studio in Brooklyn. We don't have like a traditional retail space, but would love to have you in to look, or like, maybe we could do something still that would be custom. I'd be so curious to know if you like have an idea.
1: I do kind wearing. of actually have a, an idea, and I was just perusing on your website actually before the vintage band, the gold band that you uh-huh. have. I love that, but then like you know, how it's like twisted around the sides. Like I think that would be uh-huh. really cool if there were tiny diamonds like around the gold band on either side. I don't know. Amazing, amazing. Anyway, yeah, Let's I would love to chat. Um, I have okay. a, I wear a vintage wedding band, so you do. I think oh, it's cool gosh. to have
0: vintage in your in your stack.
1: I think it's really neat. I think like, you know, just to go off on a tangent for a second on vintage jewelry, like for anyone who's, I feel like there was a time in my life when I, I also was like, okay, I'm transitioning from like silver to wearing gold. Um, and I feel like, I guess this was like probably like six years ago. I started to like, I wanted to like build like a really nice like hand stack. Um, uh-huh and I love, I'm obsessed with like jewelry that's passed down from like my grandmother or my mom or what have you, but not everybody has that. So I guess I just wanted to share my connection with vintage jewelry also is like, I have one vintage ring. I love rings, um, that I got when I was like newly single traveling in a foreign country. Um, like finally like on my feet and like feeling like I was like over this long-term relationship and like in a really good place to like find love again. And it was like, mm-hmm. it was like very, it's very symbolic to me of that period of time in my life when I really like chose myself, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that, that means so much to me. And then I have another vintage piece, um, that I found, uh, and it was like so strange because they had, it's like such a, a unique, like, uh, right, oh, yeah, the yeah, way that it is. And yeah, they sort of, they randomly had two of them and one of them, uh, and my mom got the other one. So oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's, I love that. Mm-hmm. A few yeah. things. Well, first of all, that's called a, a
0: toy at moi. And I, I totally should know how to pronounce it better, but I think like about how it sounds. Gonna tell me you, about you, it. Have you heard of that? So it's, no. um, it's French for like, you and me, I think is the, is the translation. And it's when you have a ring that has two primary stones instead of like one major stone and other side accompanying stones, you have two like of the same size or of match kind of like prominence. And it's representative of like you and someone else. And usually it's more in a romantic setting that people will get, a toy at ma ring to like as an engagement ring or to represent them and their lover, but it also could, t- can totally have relevance for whatever you want to give it relevance for. So like, it's kind of cool that you and your mom both have them, um, because that's like what it's represented them as like two, two people or two souls.
1: Yes. I love that. And yeah, I, and like, I already have this like idea in my mind that like, you know, one day, hopefully, you know, I'll have a daughter and one day, like my mom, I'll pass down my mom's Toyette moi, oh, if that's how you say yeah. it to, to my daughter. <laughs> and then she and I will have the same ring as my mom so and I have. Cool. You know? So it's really oh, that's cool. Amazing. Hers is I like slightly that. different. It has like a chocolate diamond and a okay. um, and a regular diamond, um, but you almost can't even see the chocolate. Anyways, I'm getting off on a tangent. <laughs> so cool!
0: I love that. That's like really. I do feel like that's so special. I used to do that often. My sister and I like both like with yeah. our earring stacks. Like didn't necessarily want to have the same thing on both ears. So we would buy a pair of earrings. She'd get one, and I get one. Um, yeah. And like we have a, we we both have a bunch of stuff that we wear on our ears that we did that for. Um, and I always loved like again like was love that earring even more because my sister had a matched one.
1: Oh, that is a cool idea. I feel like I should do that with my sister for like a, um, like a bridesmaid gift. Oh, that's cool. Especially if you have like, you know, if
0: you don't wear necessarily
1: symmetrical earrings, um, I have three on this side and one on this side. Okay, cool. Except my sister has one and one. So I don't know that that would be okay. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. If you only have one and one, then it's like a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, great. So you start out this, this company, um, did you like have to, I mean, I imagine to start a jewelry company, you like, did you have to have a ton of capital or like, how does that work?
0: Yeah, it's a really good question. Like, and I think you no, know, who based on who you asked, they will give you very different answers because yeah. I think there's so many different ways you can come into any business. Um, But for me, I, all I had was what I had, which was like a small amount of savings that I felt like I could with to start this business. And I, and I knew I was, I was hesitant to be a, to fully commit to starting this business because I was like, I know that what I have relative to the sort of things I want to make, isn't that much money. Like I want to make things that are fine jewelry. So I'm using precious, precious metals and um, precious stones and fine materials. And so for me, I had the savings of like between $5,000 and $8,000. I'm bad with numbers. So I'm forgetting what it was, but I used to know, um, which is really not that much money at all in um, any business. Like I remember spending like 2000 of it to start my website and being like, how did that go so quick? Um, and spent some more money like making some models and doing some product development. Um, but I did a lot of things on my own at first. And for me, the, a particular challenge was that. I knew I was going to be selling things at a high price point. And so I knew I had to like establish trust with my customer, like very early on for them to feel comfortable spending at that price point. Yet at the same time, establishing that trust felt like I had to spend a lot of money. I had to make the website look incredible. I had to have the photography be super professional. I had to have the product photos be crisp and perfect And so I kind of just like did the best that I could. I, you know, took the product photos myself, but did paid a lot of attention to like making sure they were great. Um, And, you know, did some other things, maybe like less traditionally, But I also was lucky that as soon as I had a product to sell, I started selling them like not in big quantities at all. Um, But people I knew were excited to support me and um, my stuff that I was initially making wasn't as high of price points as what I've now gotten to design. Um, And so that money just kept going back into the business. And it really just went from there relative to like financing the business. I still like have not taken on any additional funding or taken on any loans. And that's something I'm like very proud of as someone who doesn't like hadn't started a business before. wasn't necessarily like fully aware of how to manage um, money, how to manage people, how to manage like any of these things that we have to learn to manage when we start businesses. But um, I feel really proud of being like the sole owner of my business, having it watched what gotten to watch it grow. Like, Um, just month over month for the past four years and knowing that like that's in big part because of like the calculated risks I've taken and the trust I've had and like the brand that I've built and um, the amazing people that I've hired. So um, yeah, I started the business with a very small amount of capital and was able to work with diamonds and gold and uh, amazing vintage pieces and um, made that work.
1: Wow. I mean, I just love these kinds of stories. because there's so many people out there who want to do something, who want to create something. And it's like, I don't know, there's no secret sauce. Like it's it's hard work and taking a risk and betting on yourself. And, you know, you don't, we, we make up all of these, these excuses about why we can't do things. We say, you know, we don't have come from family money, or we don't have, you know, a large, you know, trust, or we don't have this, or we don't have that, or we don't have investors, or we don't have, etc. all of these things, or we don't know what we're doing. And like yeah. now, you know, YouTube exists. So it's like, there's also you have maybe people in your circle, like you knew a couple people that like had started jewelry businesses. Like it's, it's just a matter of believing in yourself, putting yourself out there, um, and being willing to invest in yourself.
0: Yeah. And I think that last part is really like such a big part of it because I, some, when I think of what has been helpful in us, like having growth in this company succeeding is, like that calculated risk that I mentioned before, which is that like, I, you know, there's a saying, what's, what is it? Um, You got to spend money to make money, which yeah. is like very true, especially in a product business where you have to have a product before you can sell it. And so I feel like a big, like um something that's really important to me and is also kind of by nature who I am. And I think this is very similar for a lot of other creative people is I don't really overthink things before I do them. And that has definitely giving me reason to, um, reflect and learn lessons at my own expense. Um, but it also has made me just like keep propelling forward and not necessarily be too like, like calculated in how I take the next step. And I think sometimes you just have to like trust that intuition and know like, yes, I'm gonna, you know, buy this vintage tennis necklace, which is more than I've ever spent on a piece of vintage jewelry because like, I know I can sell it. And then know that you can sell it and sell it but if I had been like you know what like we've never sold anything at that price point before this is more money than I've spent on a vintage piece it just feels too risky then I wouldn't have bought it and then I also wouldn't have sold it so for me I really like have sometimes had to train that muscle even more because I I've learned that that has really worked for me but by nature it's kind of just how I operate like I don't really think things over too much before I do them um And that has downsides too, in, in like being like the sole owner of a business where you don't have people to kind of, um, bounce ideas off of, and then maybe I'm like moving too quickly ahead sometimes, but it definitely has, um, paved the way for growth in, in my situation.
1: I mean, that's like the greatest example of the abundance mindset,
0: Mm -hmm. right? That's such
1: a good point. It is like, it's, it's kind of how I've always lived my life too, but you know, I just think like, I, I have some friends and I know some people who are just very like terrified all of the time to spend money. And it's so scary, scary, scary. Um, And I just have never lived my life like that. And it's, I think it's just, it's, I don't know if it's like ingrained in your DNA, maybe for some of us, because, you know, it's not like I always had the nicest of things. Like I worked at Hooters for six and a half years and slept yeah. chicken wings in a restaurant. Like I, I like supported myself completely. Like when I moved, I had li- moved all the way out to LA and my parents bought me a TV. That was it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I yeah. I like had a mattress on the floor and four suitcases when I got there, and like I figured it the fuck out. Like nobody helped me, nobody gave me any money, yeah. and like yeah. I've just always had. So so I, I I give that quick backstory just to say like you know maybe from the outsider perspective like I'm doing pretty well. So you know, but people don't know you don't know anybody's backstory like at all. But I think it's like a series of calculated risks and really believing in yourself and just having that abundance mindset that like, you will always have enough, like the universe will always provide, uh, yeah. not to get all hippie, but like, I don't know, like, I just believe in that shit. I just like genuinely do.
0: Totally. Totally. I I really do too. And I love to hear it relative to business, but sometimes it feels like I can have that perception in like my personal life, but it's a little bit like too woo woo for my business life, but it actually like they are so much the same for like people like us who work for ourselves and we are creatives and we have mul- multiple things going on. Um, and yeah, you're right. It's kind of like the perfect example of the abundance mindset, which very easily relates to to money and finances, but also relates to like so many other areas of our lives.
1: Yeah, I think it's, you know, and I talk about it so much on on this podcast because, you know, we talk a lot about manifestation We talk about like your intuition and like really just like listening to yourself. Um, yeah. I just think we get like these gut feelings and it's like when those feelings come to you, like it's not on accident, it's for a reason. It's because like, it's a path that feels really good to you. And like, you might not have all the answers and you might not know how it all unfolds, or you might not have like the business plan or like every step of how it's all going to go. But I always often come back to that, like Steve jobs quote, which is like, it never makes sense looking forward. It only that you you can only connect the dots looking Mm -hmm. backwards. So yeah so many of us let that hold us back or we're just like, well, I can't see what the how it all unfolds and it's like, well, cuz you're not supposed to. You just got to take the steps and go. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um so it's just crazy to think about that. Um so how do you source your vintage pieces um and then also how do you create like create do you just have like a sketchbook and like think of these the designs for your new pieces? How does that all Yeah. Work? your creative yeah, process.
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So um, it works many different ways because we have so many different facets in our business and so many different... um, I mean, we don't call them product lines, but so many different of areas of what we do. So our signature collection is one thing. Our vintage collection is different. Our custom pieces are different as well. Um, And the way that we manage our jewelry business, it looks very different for others, um, or it, it can look different, is that we manage all of our own production ourselves and we work with independent and individualized trade people in various stages of what the jewelry production process looks like so um first usually a design is like i ideated in my head then usually it's sketched out in some sort of way um whether usually that's on a sketchbook like rather than like molding it in wax that's not something i'm very good at unfortunately um and then it's brought into a CAD design where there's like an expert person who is a CAD designer who I work with hand in hand. I've worked with the same person since I started my business. We have like a really tight relationship because they're essentially executing my designs into a digital format. Wow. Then once the CAD design is like complete, the piece is cast. So it either is made into like a mold, like a silicone mold where like the liquid metal is poured into it, or it is cast from a file, in which case it's cast directly into like that gold piece. Then that piece would go to a polisher who polishes that piece. And we work with like expert polishers who all they do is polish. That's like a very specialized trade. Then it might get sent to a stone setter. If there's any like diamonds or other uh, gems being put into it, Um, then there would be like a hand engraver. Then there might be um, a finishing jeweler. So there's lots of different stages and all of those people are different individual people. They're different trades or different locations. So the first like two and a half years of my business, I managed all of that myself. Then I hired a production manager who does a lot of that, like orienting around the, the district for me. Um, that's been like one of the best hires I've ever made for my business and like really learning how to uh, have other people help me with the things that um, I can kind of unload off my plate. I say all that to say that the, the the process is like has many steps and it does look different based on what the piece is Um for custom work, sometimes we're like really finding new people to work with for various things that we haven't done before. So, if someone wants to work with enamel, but we don't really do much enamel work, um, sometimes we'll turn down a project and we don't feel like it's something that is our expertise. Um, but a lot of times, custom projects give us an opportunity to like learn something new or try something new. And we've had amazing clients who really like trusted us with like, this is this idea I have, or do you have any cool thoughts on this? And then we've done something that's really out of the box. And that's been really a big part of how we've continued to like move the needle. I guess that's the word for our business and expand like what we do because people have given us opportunities to make cool, new, interesting stuff. Um, Relative to vintage, we source our vintage mostly through dealers in the business. So um, we're not buying a lot of vintage, like just directly from like our clients have an old piece or something like that. Mostly working with people in the trade, because as someone in the trade, I get preferred pricing on things. So I know that I can pay them for like a whole bunch of pieces that I'm buying. They literally put it all on a scale and then I'm paying them for its weight in gold. Most of the time, Um, there's definitely different situations for like, if it has certain stones or if it's a specialty piece, but I'm getting a much better price than I would get if I just went like person to person and that allows us to ultimately give our customers a better price too. Um, the one like rule I have for sourcing vintage is do I love the piece? Um, which sometimes feels self-centered when I say, but I I am like the designer of the, uh, like behind our business. And I am kind of like the one, like our creative director, if you will, who really keeps the aesthetic of our brand cohesive. And, um, I just feel like I, I really would never sell something that I don't love. And there's so much amazing vintage out there. There's also so much more bad vintage. Um, and so not only like from a, from a design, like look and feel, but also just from a quality perspective, that's really important to me. So I do all the vintage sourcing. Sometimes we're in a season where there's tons to source and I have a lot of amazing stuff. And then other times we're in a season where there's really like not, we don't, we're not buying as much stuff just because of kind of like my whereabouts. Um. So yeah, those are kind of the ways that we acquire stuff. And then we really had an amazing opportunity to work with great partners, um, and develop these amazing relationships with a lot of the partners that work on our pieces. So that's like a huge part of my business. Um, I feel like so lucky to work with so many amazing people and to like have such great relationships that have withstood many years and have like such a deep respect for them and their trade. And I know that they have a really deep respect for me and my business and like the, the team that I've built. So that's, um, something I'm really proud of.
1: Yeah. That's epic. I love that. All of that. Um, and it's such a process. Like, I mean, it, from going to like to the design in your head, you drawing it, the person then creating it into a digital and then cast casting it. Is that what you said? Casting like C A S T. Okay. Yeah. Casting it. And then like the next person polishes it and like all of the different, like let, like the fact that you just figured all of that out on your own, like I don't know if you've taken a second to be proud of yourself recently, but that's epic. That's insane. Thank you so much. Thank that's you. incredible.
0: Um, yeah. And I feel like one of the biggest things for me in figuring it out was having, like starting with one or two good partners and then them giving me... Um, like giving me the insight into someone else who also works, whether, whether it's with a similar um, process to how we work with similar like morals, like, hey, this is another like great person who I think you'd get along with, or hey, they do business in the way like you and I both like to do business. Here's someone I would recommend. And that's been really important to me. Like I've said in other instances, like I feel really lucky and proud to have my own business because I get to choose who I work with, um, which isn't to say that I've come across a lot of bad people, but I definitely like having the ownership of being like, we align on how we like to do business, I'm going to work with you. Or you know what, like we don't align on how we do business. And there's lots of other people that we can choose to work with. And that's like empowering, I think, as a person, um, and especially as a businesswoman to be able to make those decisions. So I really love getting to choose people in that way. And then also, though, you would ask a question um, about Like what are the challenges of the jewelry industry? And I think that competition is probably the biggest one. I do feel that there is like, it is an industry that sometimes can feel competitive, but at the same time, like I would not be where I was in my business if it weren't for so many great people I work with introducing me to other great people. And I think that there is an understanding that like, if, me and my cat designer are doing a lot of amazing work. Why wouldn't they want to introduce me to a new stone setter who's, who is really amazing too. Cause then I'm only going to do more pieces with set stones. I'm going to work with both of them more, more because I'm selling more great pieces. And it is really like, um, it it, it reminds me of that saying that's like rising tides raise all ships. And it's so true. And it's really like something I try and remind myself of all the time, because though this industry, like so many others can feel competitive, like, there's, there's so much to go around for all of us. And I really like try and live by that. Um, where like, if I'm doing well, everyone else can do well too. And to like eliminate that idea of competition.
1: And I hope that that needs to be the clip. If you're listening to, <laughs> to my producer, uh, that needs to be a clip that goes on the reels. Cause I love that <laughs> line so much. It's so great. Um, yeah. Okay. So, also, I love the name "Fewer, Finer," and you said that that I read on your website that that is a mantra that you try to live by, um, and it's actually a season of my life that I'm in right now. So, I'd love for you to explain just kind of how you came up for, with the name "Fewer, Finer."
0: Yeah. Thank you. I I love hearing people do tell me all the time that they love the name, and I think one because it resonates with a lot of people for different reasons in their life, um, and I think so many of us like want to live better with less. Um, I loved. I had come up with that mantra or saying or concept before I even had this jewelry business. I just like really loved the idea. I love alliteration. I love things that sound beautiful. And so when I was in this stage of being like, what sort of business do I, what sort of brand do I want to build? When I was in my early twenties, I was like fewer finer is it. And that's really like, I started with the name and then came up with the product, um, which is probably not how like you should start a, a business of no, any I've kind. But I've
1: heard a couple people say that. So I, yeah, like I changed. really was
0: like, it was like, I had this like concept for a brand and then jewelry ended up being the, the like perfect application for it. And it also did relate to like, I wore more delicate pieces and they were fine materials. Um, so that's kind of what the, what the name means. It's like having, um, I'm not like preaching minimalism. Um, and my pieces sometimes like this necklace I'm wearing can be more maximalist too, but generally it's about like, collecting better things over time, not like having a more is more is more mentality, investing in better materials, um, like having like sentimentally attaching to fine materials, wearing things all the time, not being overly precious about um, our fine and expensive jewelry. And that's kind of what it's all about.
1: I love it. Because I built my kind of stack. I keep saying that, but it's what I call it. Um, like slowly over time, but I don't take them off ever. I never take my jewelry off ever. Yeah. Even your engagement ring. No, I know I'm supposed to, aren't I? Yeah, I, sleep I mean, in
0: it. I don't, I sleep in mine too. I never take mine off. Okay. Um, it's funny because I actually have it off right now for like the first time ever, because it's getting resized, uh, like a year and a half after I got engaged, the shoemaker's son never has shoes kind of thing. So I'm finally getting it resized. Um, but I also never really take mine off, but okay. as a jeweler, I should tell people to, um, yeah. but yeah, like too, I just, it's I honestly I feel am. like it's safer on my purse, like w- being worn on me than anywhere else. Like if I take it off to wash,
1: like at the sink to wash my hands, that, that thing's gone. Yeah. Same. I'm the same exact one. Um, yeah. okay. So what would you give Uh what piece of advice would you give for anyone out there who wants to start their own thing? Um,
0: so I think if you're starting your own thing in an area where you don't have, like, already have experience or have connections, which I think is something a lot of people do, they kind of want, they have this idea, they want to jump into something that feels really foreign. Um, my advice would be to balance between two um, things. One is... Don't be afraid to admit what you don't know and to really like tell people, this is something that's new to me. Um, I'm, I'm learning this. I'm in the process of discovery because in my experience, people really want to help other people. And so people want to be like, oh, wow, you're really taking an interest. You're like being vulnerable with me that you don't know that at all. Like most business people don't encounter that day to day. They encounter people that are coming on like headstrong and they're kind of more in defense mode. So when you give people the opportunity to um, like take you under their wing, a lot of times they will. And so I was not shy about admitting like this is totally new to me. And Um, How is this done? Or asking questions that seemed maybe like silly questions. So at the same time, I think it's really important. And especially for me, it was in the jewelry industry where it's like mostly male dominated. It's really like history driven. People have been working in this business for a lot of years. There's a lot of family connections. I felt like I needed to also, in some instances, Act like I knew more than I did and like really approach what I was doing with confidence because I didn't want to be taken advantage of or I didn't want to be discredited or I didn't right. want to be seen as like silly for like, you know, in, investing in something that I knew nothing about. And so I think having that like confidence and that like, you know, hold your shoulders high and walk in there, like, you know, you're going to be doing business like anyone else also made a lot of people like respect me right off the bat, take me seriously like to find interest in me being like wow this is like impressive this girl like is doing this thing and she's like where's where's she coming from and so I think balancing both of those like both in a single situation or like kind of reading the situation and being like which one do I need to play um is a really good thing to keep top of mind if you're starting in a new space because both can be really valuable and like you don't have to be entirely this confident person or totally someone who's like, Oh, sorry, I don't know anything to help me. Like you can really be both of those things. And they both can bring a lot of value to what you're starting.
1: Great, great advice. So much, so much good advice there. And the last question I will ask you is what is the best piece of advice that you would give your younger self?
0: Oh, um, I think that I would tell my younger self, especially relative to this conversation and starting this business um, to give myself like grace and perspective, because there were many times throughout the past four years where something happened. um, I did something wrong. I made something incorrectly. I charged someone the wrong price. And I like had a really hard time letting that go because I felt like guilty or I felt um like i d- didn't know what i was doing or that i should have known better and i think like perspective has been like the best um best thing i've gained from this business confidence too um and with perspective i really realized like those are totally the lessons that you learn when you're doing anything new and lessons come at an expense so even if any of these lessons cost me a lot of money or cost me time or cost me future opportunities like that, that like education is expensive. And, um, that was my education. I didn't go to business school. I didn't apprentice under another jeweler. And so, um, I think I would give myself grace to just know that like with perspective, a lot of this stuff, um, isn't as big of a deal as it seemed. And like, it's totally just par for the course to need to learn those lessons along the way.
1: love it. Great advice. Um, well, thank you so much for being on today. I loved this conversation. It was awesome. So I really appreciate you.
0: Thank you so much. It was so fun to chat.
1: All right. So that is a wrap on today's episode. Um, I absolutely loved and adored um, having this conversation with Madison. Um, you can just hear the passion that she has for what she does. Um, and I'm always so inspired by entrepreneurs that have no had no idea what they were doing. It's not like she was born into some family that had a jewelry business and she was like, cool, I'll just start working for the family business. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, I just, I love a success story where people had to, you know, strap on their boots and roll up their sleeves and figure it out. Like there's so many things where they want to start a business or anything that you want to do. There's so many like, or learn a new skill or even start a new job and you need to go back to school or whatever it is. Like It's like, you don't have to know what you're doing. Everybody thinks they need to know what they're doing, but you don't need to know what you're doing. Like you just figure it out. If you believe in yourself, you just keep going and eventually you'll find your way. So that's it for today's episode. Uh, Follow her on Instagram, follow Fewer Finer on Instagram at Fewer Finer um, and check out her one of a kind incredible pieces. Um, That's wrap for today. I'll see you guys. Next week, follow me on Instagram at Victoria Brown and follow the pod handle at very best Self. Please also don't forget to uh, give us a little subscribe, five stars. And if you've got the time, write a review and please share this on Instagram. It means the most to us. Um, love you, mean it. See you next week. VB out. Bye.